0: listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn.
1: Welcome to The Family Sanctuary, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of the board of Heartbeat International, that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And we've got a program that I think will really be special for you today. Um, many of our listeners, I'm sure, you're married, you're considering marriage, you're um, obviously your parents uh, have a marriage that you've observed, uh, you you see the 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 importance of and value of marriage. You maybe even have been witnessing coverage <laughs> of marriage on TV. We've uh, had recently royal weddings, for instance. Marriage is is always a subject that is near and dear in our hearts and consciences, and we're going to focus in on marriage today uh, from an angle that I think probably we all. Want to know more about, and that is how do the families that we bring into our marriage, and of course, marriage is not just between a man and a woman. Yes, that is the teaching of our church. We believe that to be true, but into that marriage, we bring our families. We bring our families of origin, not just in our own attitudes, feelings, backgrounds, experiences from our families of origin, but those families are with us for our entire marriage, aren't they? The actual people in our families of origin. So how does that affect our marriages? It's a subject that I think will be fascinating to uh, to build out today in our program. And we have a couple with us to discuss that, that uh, I'm very excited to introduce and happy to introduce. You know, uh, Dr. Perry Cahall, he's been Involved in programs with us before on the Family Sanctuary, and he's with us again today. Dr. Perry is a professor of historical theology and the academic dean of the School of Theology at the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, and uh, he teaches on marriage. He's written on the theology of the body and marriage, so he's he's really an expert um, in theology and then the academic. Understanding of marriage, but he's also been married for seventeen years to Marissa, and uh, Marissa is with us today too. His wife, Marissa, who uh, has a PhD in psychology and also teaches at the Josephine. But they're here not in their professorial roles, but as a married couple who are living out uh, God's call in marriage along with their families of origin. <laughs> So welcome to the program Marissa, welcome. Thank you very much for the for first time us. on the program. We're so happy to have you. And Perry, thank you again. Good welcome. To be here. Yeah, it's great to see you both here and to be focusing on the topic of marriage in a real life context. How does this play out in the real world? And I know those who are listening to our program today uh, have played that out, are playing that out in the real world. Observe how it is and is not being played out in the real world. So it's great to have you both uh, talking about this important issue, which sometimes we call families of origin. That can be a little bit of a technical term. Right. But we're really talking about how the families we come from and the families we're still in impact our couple relationship. Correct. So uh so let's talk first about about those issues that perhaps become most obvious when we first get married. How do we bring those families of origin into our relationship? Now I know Marissa I think you you teach about this sometimes uh, because you teach seminarians, I correct? Do. Yes, yeah, and they need to know. Of course, they're going to be dealing with. They have their own families of origin. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure they bring their families of origin maybe into their vocation. They certainly do <laughs> to the priesthood as well. But they're going to be teaching marriage courses. They're going to be dealing with married couples. What are some of the important ideas and issues that they need to know because they're going to be experiencing it within families about our families of origin.
0: Well, we encourage the seminarians and the future priests to work with couples and have them talk in depth before the wedding and, of course, afterwards to process how their families will impact that new relationship and their new marriage. And it's certainly something that they need to process and discuss in depth. No matter how alike two individuals are on paper, so to speak, they certainly bring different traditions, different customs, and different ways of going about life that they need to discuss how they'll integrate as a new married couple.
1: Yeah, I remember my husband and I used to work with Pre-Cana, and we gave couples a premarital inventory, we called it at that point, mm-hmm. where they had to answer questions about, what did you do about this in your family? Mm-hmm. And and so we tried to get the couple talking about those things. Um, and And sometimes it can be somewhat may be seemingly insignificant issues. They're important at the time. For instance, uh, as a young married couple realizing, okay, um, Christmas is coming up. How did your family celebrate? You just expect it to happen in a certain way, That's right? exactly right. Yeah. And we
0: joke about all the time to make light of it sometimes that perhaps one family had a real Christmas tree, and another had an artificial Christmas tree, and it seems very insignificant, but that first Christmas as a married couple, that might be a pretty significant issue. How is the, this new family going to celebrate
1: in, yeah. a, in
0: a consistent and unified way?
1: Yeah, that can become a big issue. It can. Certainly. Right. Were there any issues in your own relationship early on in the marriage that uh, that kind of all of a sudden brought up the issue of families of origin?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think every couple operates on kind of the unwritten rules of engagement or unwritten rules of communication in the, in the home that they imbibe from their own family of origin.
1: Just in terms and of general communication. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah that's and a good And once point. you're
2: married and you're having to deal with the day to day issues of married life, you realize that, Oh wait, my family dealt, dealt with this in a different way than your family did. Mm-hmm. So I guess in general, one example would be my, my family was, I think much more expressive emotionally than mm-hmm. Marissa's family was. So, you know, when, uh like when my siblings and I would have a fight, we'd duke it out. Five minutes later, we'd be fine.
1: Yeah. Right? You may raise your voice. You right. may, you know, even right. be we'd, a little physical we'd go with your brother. It and,
2: it'd be out there in the open, go through it. <laughs> fine. Ten minutes later, yeah. everybody's good. Marissa's family is much more delicate in the way that they handled, you know, conflict in the home. Neither is, is necessarily good nor bad. They're just different. Right. And you have to figure out how it is you're, as a couple and as you build your own family, how you deal with communication issues and, and arguments you know in the whole
0: right 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 So in my family we tried more not to ruffle each other's feathers and it was more <clears throat> important as a general family rule that everyone got along and but from that perspective perhaps not everyone was
1: getting a chance to air their grievances and to share what they were actually feeling. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. In, in Mike's and Mike's in my marriage. We've been married now for almost 49 years. But uh, early on, it was a real shock for me that Mike didn't really like to discuss things in depth. Right. Our family was very analytical. And if there was a, let's say we were planning a a family vacation, I mean, we'd have all the tour books out, we'd have the roadmaps, you know, we'd be planning exactly where we were going to be uh, staying night one and night two. We had a camping trailer and we enjoyed that, you know, we wouldn't just go off on a family vacation. And my husband, well, why would you want to do that? Why did you get all these tour books? We'll just stay wherever, you know, we'll see how far we get the first day. And
2: (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
1: That actually led to a big problem because we tried that on our first vacation and we could not find a place to stay the first night. It it was terrible. It was an awful (laughs) conflict. You know, we'd only been married a year.
2: I think we can relate to that, too. I think uh, my family was more spontaneous Mm -hmm. and Russ's family was more uh, of a planning family. Mm -hmm. And we had to. Mm -hmm. We had to navigate that very, very early on in our relationship too. In our yeah, married life. yeah.
1: Gosh, if you come to think of it, so many of the issues that you face, at least in the first few years of your marriage, are probably very closely related to how you grew up and what your family you know, how your family dealt with things. Mm
0: -hmm. That's exactly Uh, right. And so it's important that couples uh, talk about these things. So many couples say, well, I'm marrying this person, but I'm not really marrying their family. Well, they have to realize that, yes, they are marrying the family, uh, even uh, not only just physically, but, you know, emotionally, the uh, the insights and the family dynamics, and they are entering into that, and mm-hmm. not just a personal union, but a union with that family as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking, as you mentioned, Marissa, particularly the how you dealt families deal differently with things emotionally. Um, if there is a conflict, your family would be a little more respectful of of people's feelings maybe right. i don't want to really be confrontational about Correct. this Correct. Uh, i want to handle this kind of delicately maybe i'll talk to my sister privately about Correct. this or something like Correct. That, that way but perry was let's get it all out yep, in the open it was out in <laughs>
2: the open yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and have it over within 10 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. and,
0: <laughs> and that was something that we had to accommodate and negotiate so right. if Perry had a perhaps a disagreement or didn't feel comfortable with something that was happening in the context of my family that he would share it and that was at first uncomfortable for my family because we weren't used to that uh, that level of Uh, expressiveness, perhaps it wasn't a bad thing, it was just different. And so we had to learn to accommodate that. But I think it helped us to uh, learn how to perhaps be more open and to be more expressive and sharing. And in contrast, I think Perry had to learn that, you know, if if we were being quiet about feelings and emotions, that wasn't necessarily bad either, but we were just needing to um, work it through in a different way.
1: Mm, That's really interesting, because I think my husband and I have focused more on this family of origin and, and even the, as we think through the topic with each other, we, we still focus more on how it affected and affects our personal relationship, the two of us and our immediate family. But you're right, as we communicate with those families of origin through the years, mm-hmm. I haven't really thought through how has that affected our his family or my family, uh, and and have we changed and grown in in our ways of understanding different means of communication? That's a really interesting point. Yeah, so um, so we do keep the we not only bring in the families of origin in the early years of our marriage and those initial things that. That affect our couple relationship. But we deal with that throughout our marriage. And mm-hmm. I think one of the interesting points that that we've touched on uh, previously, as we've been discussing the topic, is that um, through the years, sometimes these issues can, can be a little bit different than they were mm-hmm. in the early years of our marriage. Uh, as when you were first married, I think you've been married seventeen years, correct, right? Correct. And mm-hmm. so, so you were dealing with your parents then as simply your parents, correct? And now they are the grandparents of your children. Yes, and we were
2: the oldest children in each family,
1: so it we was gave the first our parents time.
2: each the first grandchildren that they had.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So they had to learn to be grandparents. Yes. Mm-hmm with you as their children and your children as their first grandchildren
2: yes and they transmogrified overnight into people we had never met once we had our had our children who are these grandparents and we were no longer their children we were the purveyors of their grandchildren so
1: they didn't really care to see you that's right we were just a means to an end (laughs) we're they were finished with dealing with have to having to raise you and form you properly now they could just have fun with their grandkids that's right What were some of the interesting uh, things there? Because that's fascinating to think through, too. Yeah. One
0: of the main issues was the frequency with which we saw our parents, who were now the grandparents of our children, uh, I think we had initially expected you know, something on the order of once a week, if that was possible, that we would have a family dinner or come well, to this visit. Will be fun, and, see the grandparents once a week. And yeah. suddenly grandparents wanted to be there on, perhaps on a daily basis, <laughs> or they wanted us, at this point we were now at two hours from each family. And I know my parents wanted us to perhaps come every weekend, and that was hard to pack up with a newborn and all the stuff that mm-hmm. the newborn carries with them and entails and so that was something we had to talk about and work on is how often are we going to be able to make this trip and so certainly having to come to terms with the frequency of travel and visits and was something we really had to talk about quite a lot
1: i 'm mm-hmm. thinking when you mentioned that that affected our family too specifically, in that in the early days um, we would would take our children to one of the either mike 's family or my family for holidays we we'll, we 'll go to my Parents' house for christmas or mm-hmm. you know uh thanksgiving will be at uh one of the parents homes but as your children grow it gets more difficult to do that i can remember the transition where now we would say well could you come to our house instead right. or we want to have now our christmas at our home yes. you know and have our own traditions that's kind of tough mm-hmm. i mean i i think i've seen that happen in lots of families mm-hmm. where all of a sudden the the transition is from From your moms, your moms and dads and your part of their families to now you're building your family and they need to be part of your family. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And it's required
0: continuous communication and discussion for holidays on a yearly basis. How are we going to do things this year Mm -hmm. incorporating Family traditions, but also Mm -hmm. wanting to set in place new traditions for our Mm -hmm. own family. And certainly as our children have become teenagers and have very busy lives and schedules, how are we going to uh, address meeting their needs and accommodating their schedules, but also trying to incorporate making time for the extended family, etc. So it's a constant dialogue right. about how we'll do that.
1: Well, let me reintroduce our guests today. We've got Dr. Perry Cahill and his wife, Marissa, who have been married 17 years. They have two children and um, both of them teach at the Pontifical uh Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. They teach seminarians and they teach about marriage, Uh, but they also live out (laughs) what they're teaching. And living it out is a lot more difficult than teaching it conceptually, right? (laughs) But families of origin, which we're talking about today, is such an important issue. We bring our extended families and the traditions we've We've developed in our families the style of communication, the style of dealing with conflict, all of that, the expectations of what is family. Uh, we bring that into the early years of our marriage, and often it's it's a major issue to deal with. But as we've been talking about, it changes uh, and continues to be with us throughout our married life. I'm just thinking because now my husband and I are further along in our married years and and years in general than you are but we've also dealt now in our marriage with um, the aging of our parents and the death of our parents now now all four of our our parents mike's father and mother and my father and mother are deceased and and those issues of dealing with extended family have been an amazing part of our marriage through the years Uh, my dad died when we were only married one year. And that really affected our relationship, as you can imagine, taught us so much that I believe was valuable, you know, in our marriage. And then we, we dealt with the death of Mike's mother and then his dad and just uh, my mother at age 94. So, So those as we think about family of origin and how we're going to be dealing with our families through the years uh, have been powerful experiences in our lives that have just taught us so much and helped us understand even more what God calls us to in marriage uh, for the love of each other, but also for our parents and our extended families. And I think,
2: I think the changing, you know, the developing families of origins, the events that, that emerge over the years, you know, they can be, challenges but they can also be moments of real growth yeah you know, as your siblings as i said we're both the oldest in our in our families as your siblings marry others and bring other people into the family and you get nieces and nephews in the family expands and these new dynamics emerge uh, can be real a real time of joy and, mm-hmm. and growth mm-hmm. the, the the issue you mentioned though is a common one becoming more common too as life expectancy increases is you know it's at, at a certain point every married couple is going to find themselves at a where they're trying to care for their parents Mm -hmm. and care for their children. Right. Um, we find ourselves going through that now. Mm -hmm. Um, my mother is in in ill health and, uh, it's, this is a, a really, it's a new phase in our relationship and in our whole, my whole extended family. Um, I'm the furthest away from my parents distance wise. And I'm I'm talking with my siblings about you know what can I do to help support you and mom and mm-hmm. and it's something that we're working through together. It's I think it's going to I'm I'm hoping and praying it's this is a moment where it really brings us all together, together. and mom and dad feel supported and loved by all of us. Mm-hmm. But it is it's a challenge.
1: But you can you know? see how that could also bring pull couples apart. Yes, and it, pull sure. families apart it can. because there's so many different views of how to take care of mom and dad and what is best Mm -hmm. should they stay in their home should they go someplace else who's going to to be the primary caregiver and then decisions about end-of-life care what should they be exactly these are really complicated
0: and also balancing taking care of aging parents but also knowing that the time with our own children is uh, quickly becoming less and less and so Mm -hmm. balancing both generations Mm -hmm. need to be dutiful and respectful to both
1: right i think they call it the the sandwich generation or something like that don't they i mean Mm -hmm. you've got the 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 two things you're squeezed in between uh the 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 two people or the two groups that you love your your immediate family your children and your extended family your parents Difficult. And I think you've mentioned the word communication several yeah. times. <laughs> yes, It requires constant
0: communication. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and as you said earlier, this is one of the things that differed in your family of origin. Yeah. In the way yeah. that you communicated with your families, but also with each other. So, so the sooner in our marriages that we try to learn and resolve and develop a communication pattern with each other that 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 works (laughs) the better we're going to need that forever
2: which is why you mentioned this in passing but it's important why engaged couples should not just blow off uh, one of those marriage inventories Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of couples, I think, see them as combati- compatibility tests, which they're not. But they're really tests to show the what they need to talk about more and how they need to to develop better communication skills. It's mm-hmm. it's it's well it's time well spent mm-hmm. to have yeah. those discussions at the very beginning.
0: And it's important for couples to establish very early sure. on that their new marital unit supersedes their ties to their families of origin. Absolutely, it's very important that they establish their new marriage that that takes. Primacy above and beyond their loyals to their original family in which they were raised, so that they can be that that unified a new family in right. which to face all of these both challenges and joys that they will face over the course of their married life together.
1: And that's a very important point that we want to focus in on, uh, and and in the, in the last minutes of our program, really the fact that. The marriage unit that has been created when man and wife uh, join together in marriage has to be, you have to stand as a united front, right? And despite those issues of family of origin, um, you really need to focus in, despite being in that sandwich generation, yeah, uh, your couple relationship has to come first and you have to stand united. Yeah. How does that Mm -hmm. play out in in real life, huh, in your marriage. Well,
2: I think you know part of that means that you you set boundaries, you know, with your mm-hmm. with your in laws. So Marissa, when Marissa mentioned us having our children and our parents making demands for us to come visit them, and well, you should come see us. No, I thought you were going to come see us. That you talk about this as a couple and you explain to them how this is going to be.
1: And you um, you come to a united decision
2: as a couple, and you don't allow your parents to somehow play play you against each other. I've have seen this in in other marriages, and it becomes very uh, disastrous. I think um, where you know you have one set of in laws trying to somehow play their child against their spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, that can't happen. Right. You know, you you have to stand together and say, "You mom, dad, I understand the way you feel, but um, you know." I'm married now.
1: Yeah. We have to do this for our relationship. Right. We have to do this for our immediate family. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and of course, the couple has to come to that unity uh, when you make that – have that discussion with yes. your family of origin. You have to be united in that. And just like teenage children, they're great at this. I know your son is only 16. <laughs> and your daughter is is not is she a teenager? She's 13. Oh, oh, okay. So I mean what is so important that your children cannot divide you. They Correct. will try and right. and often succeed. They did with my husband and me. They That's often right. succeeded. Right. You know, I can remember my husband saying to me, "Well, I just think you've got kind of a just a personality conflict with our daughter." <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we had to really work that out. We had to stay united because the children yeah. will play you against each that's other. That's correct. But the extended family too. That's very interesting because I think in Mike's and my family, um, for a variety of reasons we didn't we didn't encounter that quite as much. Uh, because I think um well, it, it it it's complicated, but I don't think we saw it as much with our extended family. But you're right; that can be so um, such a, such a, an issue for couples to face. If 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 your mother, uh, Marissa, is saying, "Well, Marissa, I need you, you know, and you need to do this or whatever," uh, yeah,
2: and it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. just I, I suppose a major issue would be where the couple ends up living. You know Good that point. you could have one set of in-laws who's really trying to draw them in. You know, uh, well, to convince them to live near them. Well, no, this needs to be a decision of of the couple, mm-hmm. right? And and, mm-hmm. and I think you know, at at a certain point too, early on in the relationship, the the married couple needs to realize that they can't continue to try to please their parents for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That this is this is about us living together, forming a joint life project together, and whether or not my my parents or her parents are pleased with our decisions is really quite secondary.
0: Hmm. So. Sometimes a buffer zone can be helpful if parents on either side seem to be overly intrusive or controlling or making demands that are uh, difficult. Sometimes having a little bit of space can be helpful. We often point to the everybody loves Raymond uh, mm-hmm. series as mm-hmm. a very Amusing uh, example of family yeah. dynamics when where they even, didn't have boundaries. Right? Exactly yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Lived across yeah. the street. The right. parents the were coming in all the time. The was always coming in, sitting on the right. couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Came right. Came over without knocking, even
1: without yeah. calling ahead. Uh-huh.
0: So people
1: can learn a lot of and also be entertained by watching that series. Yes. Yeah. And but then they need to discuss how does that impact our relationship right and are we falling into that boundaries well you've brought up so many wonderful points today uh i really appreciate your being guests on the program thank you so much perry and marissa and we have other programs uh in our archives with dr perry talking about some of these concepts on his own but it's great to have you together and i really appreciate your being with us today you've been listening to the family sanctuary i'm peggy hartshorn your host and you're listening to am 820 saint gabriel catholic radio we're streaming live on SaintGabrielRadio.com, and I've mentioned our archives. Well, you'll find some wonderful programs, additional programs on the topics, uh, particularly of marriage. Our program is broadcast at 1230 every Monday and 2 o'clock on Sunday. so please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intended.
0: Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at saintgabrielradio.com.